So I just texted Keith and I said, you done messed up. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I came in this morning uh, feeling uh, a, little, a little stressed out. Uh, I woke up and I was finishing up my sermon and uh, I was getting the baby ready and trying to be here on time and get all my ducks in a row and all that jazz. And... I feel really encouraged right now, and I, I feel really encouraged um, because really, y'all, you guys are my family, and from the minute I walked in here, um, I, I, was, I was telling Rich, I was like, my nerves are on edge, and I don't know if I'm nervous or I'm just hungry, and I don't know if... Uh, you know, it's like uh, trying to make sure the baby's situated and all this stuff. And I came in and, and the guys were singing and I just was like, I felt like I could take a deep breath. Uh, thank goodness. And then um, to hear the singing and uh, to hear Jennifer speak and then um, to be able to laugh about communion because somehow we forgot about that. And then... Um, <laughs> You know, passing a ball cap around. This is just family, and we get to be, we get to be family together. And man, what a, what a blessing that is. Uh, not everybody gets to experience a church family like this, and it's a good thing. Um, you know, uh, if you don't know me, my name is Ben. Um, been around this church uh, since it was planted. Um, about 10 years ago now, which is pretty crazy, and I actually think today was the first day that we've ever forgotten to bring communion in 10 years. So we're doing good. All of averages there, we're, we're doing great. Um, but, uh, you know, we've been talking about uh, Matthew 4 and uh, that Jesus is going to make us fishers of men. Uh, we've been going through the book of Acts, and uh, we've been looking at big themes, and we've been looking at... Uh, big topics and kind of going through it, and hopefully what we've been doing, uh, what you've been doing is reading along uh, and acts and studying. I know I have, and it's been really impactful. It's been really good. Um, and so what I want to do is I just want to start off uh, praying uh, with a prayer, and let's, uh, let's take a second and pray. Father, uh, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Break me, melt me, mold me, and use me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Father, I pray that this morning that uh, your spirit would come down on us, that we would feel its presence. Father, I pray that you would open up our hearts uh, to feel and experience uh, your presence. Father, I pray that you would open up our minds so that we'd be able to understand and, and realize who you are, uh, who Jesus is, and who the Spirit is. Father, I pray that we would be able to open our eyes and see uh, the ways that Jesus and God and the Spirit are moving in our lives. Give us eyes to see the needs that are right in front of us, Father the needs that, that, that you're putting us there to meet. Father, I pray that you would uh, open up our ears this morning, that we would listen uh, to the way that the Spirit is trying to guide us. 
Father, uh, I pray that, that uh, as far as we're concerned, Father, as far as the things that I control, Father, that, that I, would, I would do everything in my power to, to come close to you, to listen, to be uh, present. And uh, Father, I pray that we can take your love out uh, to the community. Uh, to our families and friends and workplaces and schools. And Father, please be with this time. Help me to say only what you want me to say. I pray that you'll help me to speak clearly and boldly. And we pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Um, so I want to start out this morning doing something that Keith really does not like. And uh, he's not here, so I guess that's okay. Um, you know, one of the things, whenever he asks someone to do communion or the welcome or any kind of speaking, the first thing he says is, is don't say, Keith asked me to speak this morning. <laughs> and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start there because it's, uh, I want to kind of go through my process with you for this week and uh, this past half, week and a half or so is that uh, Keith texted me, he's like, hey Ben, I gotta go out of town, do me a solid preach this uh, in, uh, in, a, in a few Sundays. I said, okay. Uh, the, my one request is, I'm really busy. Please just send me a scripture, send me a topic you want me to talk about, you know? Like, just narrow it down, I'll put a sermon together, that's awesome, but just hook me up here. And so, he was like, he sent me a text back and he said, uh, he said, why don't you just uh, talk about the Holy Spirit next? I'm like, well, thanks for nothing because that's the whole stinking thing. You know, it's like, just talk about acts, I guess. And, you know, I, and I don't know, I text back, I was like, thanks for the help. That doesn't help me much. And, um, you know, it, it's cool though because when we look at the book of Acts, really we could call it the Acts of the Spirit. You know, I was looking through and in, in, in the Spirit, the word Spirit is mentioned about 60 times in Acts. And so that means about twice a chapter the Holy Spirit's brought up, just the word Spirit. That's not the other times it was, you know, including the other times it, it was brought up and uh, uh, without using the word Spirit. And so... It is huge. It's a, it's a big theme and a big topic. And, and when I started thinking about this, I was like, I am the most unqualified person to be talking about the Spirit. If I, when I think about myself, I think about how much I doubt things. <laughs> you know, I am, I am doubting Thomas. I, like, it's got to be hitting me in the head a lot of times for me to really, like, believe it. <laughs> and... And uh, it's got to be extremely clear. And I'm, I'm clear that the Holy Spirit exists, but I'm, like, I don't feel qualified. So this, the past week and a half, I have been digging and digging and reading an Acts and pulling, dusting books off the shelf, you know, dusting them off and reading books and watching videos and, and listening to people talk about them and, and, and looking at what Douglas uh, Jacoby's got to say and Francis Chan and anything that says, how's the Holy Spirit work in somebody's life, you know? And I'm like, let's, I need, I want to understand this better. I want to know this better uh, so that I don't get up here and look like a fool or that I don't also get up here and say something that is drastically wrong. <laughs> and, um, 
And, and so I'm looking at all this stuff, and I'm, I feel like all I did this, the past week and a half was kick up dust, you know, to the point where, all right, it's like, okay, it's time for me to start writing this lesson, and I can't see anything because I've just kicked up all this dust, and I've made the waters more muddy than they already were for me. And, uh, and so I was like, what in the world am I going to share with everybody? What is like, how, how do I see the Holy Spirit working in my life? And what, is, what can I get from Acts that is going to encourage me? And, and so I came, I came across this scripture in 2 Peter. And, um, and I, was, I read this, and it, and it, and it really... Oh, man, it, it encouraged me. It gave me comfort, and it gave me peace. Um, and, and that's what I, I want to share about this. And, and we can go and turn to, to 2 Peter, and we're going to be in chapter 1. And, and, I, and I was thinking, man, what better person to hear from than Peter about what was going on in Acts? You know, this guy, it's like the day of Pentecost comes, comes down, and... And the Holy Spirit's on him. And, and you see, in Acts, you see Jesus and the, and the apostles and, and the church is doing these miraculous things. And they're doing these things where you're like, I wish. I wish I could do that. I wish that could be me. I want. And then, and then you, think about, you think about, well, that was just the apostles that can do those things. And then... You know, the people touched by apostles, they could do certain things. And I'm like, but what about me? Where, where do I fit into this? How does the Holy Spirit work in my life? And I, I want to know. I want to be used. I want to have a life that looks like the church in the first century. And, and so I came upon this scripture. And, and let's read in verse 1. It says, Simon Peter, a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. And he says here, to those who have obtained a faith of equal privilege with ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I, I was reading this, and I stopped right there, and I thought, wow. Peter's first thing, he's like, guys, I'm writing this letter to you guys. You guys have a faith of equal privilege as mine. You're, I'm just a fisherman. Peter, I'm, I'm just a fisherman. I'm just... God moved in my life, and you're just like me. He moved in your life. You came to a knowledge of him, and your faith has just as much power as mine does. We serve the same God. We experience the same power. And, oh, man, I, I felt like I read that, and my guard started coming down. We keep reading. It says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Man, when I, when I read this and, and, and I heard, I, I just saw Peter telling me, you have everything that's required. I see you looking at the things that I've done through the Holy Spirit. I see you looking at the life that I've lived. You know what? You've got everything required. You're not lacking anything. You've got what you need. Oh, 
Good night. That's awesome. I don't have to like long to be Peter. He's like, our faith is the same. And know what on top of that? You've got everything that's required. The same stuff that I've got, you've got. Good night. That is, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about how's God going to express How's the Holy Spirit going to guide me? How is he going to express himself in your life and in my life? You don't need to worry about it. You've got everything you need. Through the knowledge of God, through his power, you've got it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. You know, he's saying your circumstances, they don't matter. You know, I, I, when, when I read this, I, I heard it, you know... Ben, you don't have to wait till Rory's a little bit older to, to start doing the things that they were doing in Acts. You're loving people, going out. You don't, that, you don't have to wait. Ben, you don't have to wait till you graduate. You don't have to wait till you get a better job. You know, I, I, I see us in here and I hear often it's like, you know, but when I get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, then I'll be set up. When my circumstance gets a little bit better, then, then, I'll be, then I can do God's will. He's saying, you, you already got everything that's required. He's like, when I'm surrounded by best friends and when life gets a little bit easier, then, then, then I'll be able to do it. He's like, no, you've got everything that is required. You know... I had to remember, I was reading this, and I got to remember what the nature of my relationship with God is. And my na the nature of my relationship with God is, and, and, and you guys will remember the time when you made this vow. When you made the good confession, Jesus is Lord. That's the nature of our relationship with God, is that He is Lord and I'm His slave. Golly, that's... I, I got to know my place. My place isn't on the throne. My place isn't to make the rules or to set things up the way I think they ought to be. My role is to be God's servant, his slave. And now, as I say that, we all know the benefits, the good things from being God's slave. It's not like it's some hard life, you know, that, that we signed up to. It's actually the good life. You know, we read this, and I read this, and the, last, the thing I'm left with is, if I, have, I, if I have everything that's required, there's no more excuses. Yeah. What's my excuse? It's true. He's given me everything. Yeah. I've got it. Peter's saying, you know what? You got it. You got what you need. You got what you need. You've been given the same things as me. Trust me, you don't need anything more. You don't need anything else. You've got it. Let's continue to read here. It says, His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. By these, He has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature. 
What's your favorite promise of God that he's given? What's, what is that great and perfect and precious promise that, that you go to and you remember? What's the thing, what's the thing for you? Let's, let's have a few people share. We've got to move on. I know we all have these things that are hidden in our hearts, you know, these things that we can go back to and rely on. I, I think one of the, I think f- for me, a cool thing is in the Old Testament here, uh, it's in Ezekiel 36, and um, let me find it here. And in talking with the Holy Spirit, it says, In Ezekiel 36, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. And, uh, I love that. My heart, like, I think that's the thing that I can feel a lot is that really my heart is a heart of stone. And that it's just calloused and it's, it just is hard. And, and the fact that, that in the Old Testament, he's like, I realize that you guys' hearts are hard. They just realized their hearts were hard, you know. But know what? I've got a plan. And I'm going to put that Holy Spirit in you. And it's going to soften your heart. And it's going to help you. It's going to cause you to obey. And be obedient. And to live the life that I want you to live. You know, you go to the next chapter. And uh, good night. This is such a cool thing. If you guys haven't read this before. It's really awesome. But he gets led down. God leads Ezekiel down into this pit of bones. These dried up. I just imagine these dusty bones. You know. And like, you guys know uh, in The Lion King, the elephant graveyard, you know, where he's like, don't ever go there. (laughs) You know, all this is yours except that place. Don't go there. And, uh, you know, I imagine that and I imagine, I imagine him getting led down there and he's like, you think, uh, you think I can raise those bones up? He's, (laughs) he says, "Uh, only you know that. I don't know. You know, (laughs) you're going to have to figure that one out. I don't know. And he says, well, I can. And he says, start prophesying. And so he says, I prophesied. And I had been commanded. Let me make sure I'm in the right place. Yeah. So I, so I prophesied as I had been commanded. While I was prophesying, there was a noise and a rattling sound. And I looked. Tendons appeared on them. Flesh grew and skin covered them. But there was no breath in him. And he goes on and he, he brings these bones to life. And they become a big army. And, and, and at the end of it, he ends up putting his Holy Spirit in them. And, and you think about that and you think about what Peter is talking about. And, and how these divine, uh, these, these promises, these preci- precious promises... And how we get to, to share in the divine nature. And God's saying, know what? My power, this power that I have to raise people from bones, to create an army out of just bones. He's like, 
you're going to share in that divine power. That power is going to be in you, you know. And that just gives me encouragement. I don't understand how that works. I don't know what, how that power will be expressed in my life, but I do know that he promised it. Yeah. And I do know that Peter said, you've got everything that's required. Let's keep reading here. It says, by these he has given us a very great and he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature escaping corruption that is in the world because of evil desires. And this is where it gets good. For this very reason, make every effort. And I want to stop right there because we can have everything that's required and still nothing will happen. At work, I, I have everything that is required to fix cars. Computers, I've got all the tools you could ever want, the lifts, the space, the knowledge, the manuals. I've got everything that is required, but until I pick up a wrench and start working, cars won't get fixed. You know, I think about my hygiene. You know, I've got everything required to have good hygiene. I've got a toothbrush. I've got deodorant. I've got clean underwear. I've got everything that is needed for good hygiene. But if I decide not to brush my teeth, will I have good hygiene? No. I'll stink and you guys will laugh at me. <laughs> You're like, we already do that, Ben. You know, it, I was just, I had these ideas, and I was thinking about this stuff, and it's like, I've got everything I need to go backpacking, to go camping. I've got a backpack, I've got tents, I've got the stuff to cook, I've got everything I need, but until I go out in the woods and do it, I'm not a camper, I I'm not a backpacker, I don't do anything, I just got a bunch of stuff. And we've got to remember that this isn't a passive thing, this is something where we've got to make the decision that I'm going to go out and live the life that God designed for me to do. When we came to a knowledge of Christ, when, when the disciples came, just right after, uh, or right what you were talking about, is in, in Acts 2, is, they're like, what should I do? What shall we do? Obviously, I came to a knowledge, now I know I've got to do something. There's something I need to do. And... And so he goes on here and he says, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness and goodness with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with endurance and endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For these qualities are yours and are increased. I'm sorry, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being useless and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so right here, it says, uh, let's see, it says supplement your faith. And so we all have faith, but he says to supplement, what does supplement mean? It means to add to. It means to make complete. You know, it means to like, it needs something a little more. 
you know? And, and so he says, this is what you should add. And I don't think this is an exhaustive list of things. But, but Peter says, here's some good things for you to start at. He says, goodness. And so when I think about goodness, I think about virtue. You know, and what, what's virtue? It's a, a behavior showing high moral standards. You know, it's integrity. It's dignity. It's morality. It's decency. He's saying, add to your faith some virtue, some goodness. Build on it. And from there, knowledge. You have to have an understanding of who God is. You know, one of the things that we're doing that's really cool is Jody's starting to do a lesson for us when we do our congregational midweeks. And uh, going through and, and like chewing on some solid meat, that is crucial. That is so crucial if we're going to live the lives and if we're going to actually experience the Holy Spirit in our life, we've got to have a knowledge. I, I, like we can't do it without that. As you've been reading, everything that has come is... It says, it said it like four times by now, through the knowledge of God, through the knowledge of God, through the knowledge of God. We have got to have a knowledge of God. We have to have an understanding. Are we making every effort? Are we making every effort? Is it our life's work to know God, to be close to Him? He's given you everything you need to know Him, but are you making every effort? And this is the same with adding virtue. Adding morality, you know, goodness to your life. Are you making every effort for that? After that, he talks about adding on to your knowledge self-control. And, uh, and right here, this is self-control is the ability to control our earthly desires, to control oneself. And uh, on Wednesday, Byron did a, a lesson for the guys, and it was awesome. It was really, really good. He went through and he shared. I'm looking at you, Byron. <laughs> he, uh, he, he talked about some sin in his life and, and, and brought some of that stuff out, out, out into the light. But he shared with us about the need to be self-controlled. The need to control ourselves because the wages of sin is death. You know, and a lot of times, you know... <clears throat> It's not even a matter of sin. It's just a matter of moderation. Not eating too much. Not eating too little. Not focusing too much on one thing and not on another. It's about having this middle ground in your life where you're in control. You're not leaning to extremes. You know, God gave us a sexual desire, but it has in its, its appropriate place. He gave us a desire to eat and to sleep. But sleep has its appropriate place and time. We weren't meant to sleep all day. You know, with our money. There's all these different things where we've got to learn and grow and being self-controlled, being moderate in our lives. Are you making every effort? You have what you need. You have what you need. Are you making the effort? Are you making any effort for these things? Do we want to live the life... Like the, like the guys in the first century. Do we want to have that life? Because sometimes our actions say otherwise. You know, uh, on top of that, self-control, endurance. And this is, I think, what Keith talked about last week, is uh, 
is this a steadfastness, a toughness, a resilience, a perseverance. You know, when I think about endurance, I think about our life that we live. There's a lot of heavy things. There's a lot of hard things that happen in our life. And there's a lot of things that God allows to happen in our lives. Things that aren't easy. Things that are actually really scary and terrifying. And, and are we able to hold those things up? Are we able to carry that weight without buckling? Because we know who God is. Are we tough enough to, to say, you know what? I can resist these temptations. I can have self-control. I can endure persecution. I can endure being in work and being in school and having a baby and being married and loving people and being hospitable and all these things. Can I carry that load? Can I, can I hold that weight up? Do I have endurance? We've got to make every effort. You know, we have everything we need to persevere, to, to be tough. What excuses am I giving? There's no excuse left. You have everything you need. What's your excuse? I, uh, there, there aren't any. From there, he says, add godliness. You know, and I was thinking about that, and, and, and I, I was thinking, what does godliness mean? And I, I thought, to be holy before God, to be dedicated and consecrated to God, you know, to, to understand my place and where, you know, that nature, that godliness, I... I don't know. I, we've got to make every effort on godly, after godliness, brotherly love. And we all know that brotherly love uh, comes from the word Philadelphia. And if you think about Philadelphia, you probably don't think about brotherly love, even though that's what it is. You think about guys uh, punching horses and uh, flipping cars over after they win the Super Bowl. And... Uh, that's not what I'm talking about here, um, but I, what I'm actually talking about is showing family affection to one another, to our brothers and sisters, treating them with family affection, a love that, that, like, when I think of family affection, I think about the way I treat my daughter and the way that I treat my wife, you know, that's family affection. Do I... Do, do I treat other people with that same affection, with that brotherly love? Do I go out of my way for, for others, for the people in this room? We've got to make every effort. We have everything that we need. You're not lacking anything to be able to do these things. Yeah. You know, brotherly love, we, we see this in Acts, in Acts 2, where it talks about they sold their, their, their possessions and they gave to those who had need. Uh, you just, you, we read these things, and, and in my mind, it's like, man, I want to be that. I want that. I want that life. I want to do those things. But when the rubber meets the road, am I willing to give it all? Am I willing to, to put myself out there and do that? On top of that, it says, uh, it says to add on to brotherly love, love. And uh, we all know, uh, Jennifer shared this, is that, uh, you know, we, we, we are called to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. 
And that's, that is the ultimate high calling. That is all the laws, everything is summed up in that. To love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And, uh, and from Deuteronomy, I mean, oh, it's like, this is what God was trying to get across. Love me and love others. We should be an expression of God's love. When we go out into the world, no matter what kind of people we encounter, they should experience God's love through us. It's, it, it, there's no other way to, love, like, to get to heaven, to, to have the life we want, to, you know, a godly life, if, if we're not doing that. We have everything that we need. Are we making every effort? And right below all this, it says, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being useless and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that gives me comfort. Because the expectation is that these things should be increasing. That these things should be growing and multiplying in our life. What he doesn't say is he does not expect perfection. He's not looking for us to be perfect 100% of the time. He's looking for progress. He's looking for us making every effort. Excellence, you know? The, the, the idea that I gave my all, I, I gave my son, I, I gave you the Holy Spirit on top of that, you should be willing to give me everything. Every effort. That's what he's looking for. He's not looking for perfection. And, and there's a warning here at the end of this. It says, uh, you know, if, you're, if it's not increasing, if it's not growing in your life, then what are you? Useless and unfruitful. And that's, that's kind of scary. You know, nobody wants to feel useless. Nobody wants to, to not produce good things in their lives. But there's, the idea is that if we're not making every effort, if we're not taking advantage of the tools and everything that's been given us to live the life that we're called to live, you're useless. You're useless and unfruitful. And what do you do with, with trees that aren't fruitful? You cut them down because they're dead. You know, or they've got some kind of disease. You know, we look at James 2.20. Foolish man, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was active together with his works. And by works, faith was perfected. We go back to, to Matthew. And... Um, you know, Peter's sharing this stuff here. And I can only imagine if in Matthew 7, him sharing these things and remembering the stuff that Jesus had taught him. In Matthew 7, 15, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but, bad, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. 
A good tree can't produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire so that you'll recognize them by their fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. That's scary, guys. That's scary. Um, but that's the reality of this. And I, and, and I feel like you've, you've got to have this in there. You can't just say, you've got everything you've got. Give it your all. You've got to understand what's going to happen if we don't do this. We've got to understand that that, that life that you, you see in Acts and you see these guys doing these miraculous things, if you don't make every effort, you're just going to be useless. And you'll end up in the woodpile, just waiting to be burned. You know, that's not the life that I want. That's not what I want for you guys. That's not what I want for my family. That's crazy. But I want you to be encouraged here. I want you to be encouraged because Peter's... Peter's telling us here, you have everything you need. You've got it. You don't have to wait. You don't have to... You, there's no circumstance or right moment. You've got it right this second. When you came to a knowledge of Christ and you got baptized and that Holy Spirit came in you, you've got what you need. And, I, and, and who knows what miraculous things will happen in your life if you decide... To make every effort. And uh, I want to end on this. This is kind of a cool thing. Uh, that in, in my life. There, where I've kind of seen the Holy Spirit move a little bit. Is, is uh, most of you all know my friends Zach and Rachel. They, uh, they are awesome. And Zach and I used to work at a shop together. And, um, and so Sarah and I. We were praying that God would give us some best friends. People that we could show uh, the scriptures to. And that they could, we could bring them to a knowledge of Christ. And so. For two-plus years now, they've been coming to our family group. They don't come on Sunday, but on, on Sunday morning, but they don't miss a family group. And it's, it's a really cool thing. And this past week, we had them over um, for, for dinner. And, um, and, and I was like, Zach, and you we're sitting around the dinner eating. And I said, Zach, man, how are you feeling about family group? What's going on? You know, uh, what are you guys thinking about this and that? And, um, and he says, you know, man, I still don't know. I still don't know what I want from God or what my relationship with God should look like. And, uh, and, I, and it makes me feel a little weird, but it's okay. Um, but, you know, something weird's been happening. And I was like, well, what's that? And he's like, you know, we leave, the, the, our, we leave family group and, and Rachel and I talk in the car. And, and I tell her questions that I have and things that I'm thinking about. And concerns that I have. And he said, no, what's weird, Ben, is that almost like clockwork, the next week or the week after, you'll share something, and it answers my question. It speaks to me, and, and, it, and, and it, this concern that I had, and it, I only share with my wife, and I know that you don't talk to my wife. And it's like, he was like, he was like, the... the something's happening, and I don't know what that is. And I was like, it's the Holy Spirit moving. That's the only thing it can be. Yeah. Because I, I don't know, you know, that's, yeah. it's not me. I don't have some divine intuition or anything. Yeah. 
but I do share in the divine nature. And, and God moves in these ways that are unexpected and that sometimes we'll never know and never understand. But until we give it our all, till we make every effort and take these steps of faith,